Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. You know, as I was praying about the current situation we're facing and what I should say to our church family this Sunday, the Holy Spirit brought to my mind a message I preached in the past. It was a sermon about how to find peace in our minds regardless of the chaos that often surrounds our lives. Does that sound applicable to where we are today or what? You know, over in Philippians 3.1, the Apostle Paul said to the church at Philippi, It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. And so today, I want to say the same thing to you, my church family. It is no trouble for me to preach the same message to you again. Because if you did hear this message in the past, it has a whole new meaning in light of our current circumstances. And so this morning, I want us all to watch this video of that previous sermon. And in the back of your mind, I want you to ask this question. How does this message apply to me today? Right now, sitting in my home in the midst of this crazy coronavirus pandemic. I know that God has spoken afresh to my heart through this message. And I can't wait to hear how God speaks to your heart this morning. And then, here's your homework. Okay, you have some homework this week. After you watch this sermon with your family, I want you to create your own family God box. You'll find out what that is in this message. Create your own God box and then practice turning all of your worries over to Him. And then you can even maybe post pictures of your unique God boxes on our Hill Country Bible Church Facebook page. That'll be fun for everyone to see. So enjoy the message, church family, and God bless. Well, we've learned, first of all, that there is a battle going on in every mind, right? That most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. We've learned that if you can't change the way you think, you're never going to be able to change the way you live. We've learned that if your life is not dominated by positive thoughts but negative thoughts, you're not going to have a positive life. And so God, he wants to transform our minds. And this morning as we wrap up this series, we're going to take a look at a very powerful passage of Scripture found in Philippians chapter 4. Writing from a Roman prison under house arrest where Paul was locked up, he wrote a very powerful, weighty, encouraging letter to the believers in Philippi. And he ends his letter by saying this. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, does that leave any room there for anxiety? Do not be anxious about anything. Wow, Paul. But in every situation, how? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Okay, that's what we're going to try to do. And the God of peace will be with you. Okay, the title of today's message is The Peace of God. And my hope is that all of us will find peace in our lives through this message. So why don't you turn to somebody next to you, high five them and say, get you some peace, okay? Just real quick. 
Get you some peace. Yeah, may the peace of God be with you. May the peace of God guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let's bring this down to earth. How many of you would say that occasionally or maybe even quite often, you tend to have these runaway thoughts, right? You worry about things. You have some stress, a little anxiety at times. Why is that? You know, when I was a child, I had two older brothers and they were constantly trying to scare the tar out of me. And because they worked in unison and were much older than I was, it was nearly always successful. And one of my early memories has to do with our swimming pool. Okay, in the deep end of our swimming pool, there was a drain at the very bottom of the pool. That's pretty classic, right? Pretty standard. But they would tell these stories about kids that would swim a little too close to the drain and get sucked into it. And they would say, oh yeah, the suction is so strong that you just struggle and struggle and struggle. And eventually those poor kids would drown. And as much as my parents tried to convince me, no, that's not the case. My brothers had so deeply ingrained that into my mind that to this day, people, okay, I still get this strange, creepy, anxious feeling when I see a drain in a swimming pool. Isn't it strange how our minds work? You know, maybe some of you are out here and you're students and you're worried about this upcoming test, right, this upcoming exam. Because if you don't get a good enough grade, you know, you're not going to get into a good enough college. And then you don't get a good enough college, you're not going to get a good enough degree. And then, and then you'll never get a good enough job and nobody will want to marry you, right? And because you'll never get married, then you'll never have kids to drive you crazy. Or, or if you do have kids, eventually you realize you're going to have to send them to school, right? And then you're worried because you're going to be sending them to a place where there's sex and drugs and rock and roll and guns and all sorts of violence, Oh, and then they're going to grow up. Oh, man, they're going to need cars with insurance and braces. And then you're like, oh, my goodness, i got to save for college? You haven't even paid off your student debts, right? And you're like, that, so that gives you a headache. And then you're worried that because you had a headache, you know, you probably have a brain tumor. <laughs> and all of a sudden, life is spinning out of control. All because you haven't studied for this one exam. Okay, am I the only one who gets crazy with their thoughts here? It's so easy for our minds just to run away from us. So let's talk a little bit today about the mind and worry. If you've been with us, our main point in this series has been this. Your life, your life and my life, it's always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You need to take that to heart. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, which is good news if you're thinking about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. If you're thinking godly thoughts, but the problem is when we're focused on things that make us afraid or anxious, it leads us down a path that is not pleasing to God. It's not helpful to us. So why is it that our mind often compounds itself with fear? I'm going to try to answer that question this morning. We've been talking a lot in this series about the brain that God designed. Okay, It's fascinating up there what goes on up there. And there's this little almond-shaped portion of the brain. It's known as the amygdala. Okay, It's up here in yellow. Whenever you're afraid, your amygdala is in full gear, people. Now, your amygdala is a very helpful part of the brain. It's wired for survival. It's wired to make you afraid so that if you're in a dangerous or harmful situation, it's like, get out of there, run. If you're ever in a dangerous situation, your amygdala, it sends strong doses of adrenaline to your body. For example, if you see a poisonous snake, like one of the many rattlesnakes I've killed around my house, right, your amygdala says, danger, run for your life. Or go get a shovel and don't miss on your first swing, right? <laughs> yeah, the first one's important. Or if you're driving to church and somebody is texting their way into your lane, right? Your amygdala does its job and says, that's dangerous, work for your life. 
Or if you hear a noise in the middle of the night, your amygdala either says, hide under the bed or grab that lamp and turn it into a martial arts weapon and take out that intruder. Right? The amygdala is responsible for fear and survival. The problem is the amygdala is not objective. Now, it's got one role, one function, and that's to protect. It's hardwired to protect. And that's why this little almond-shaped portion of the brain, it needs some help from the prefrontal cortex. Hey, that, that, that's the logical part of the brain. The prefrontal cortex is the logical part of the brain, the part that kind of speaks up when the amygdala goes out of control. So, for example, if it's in the middle of the night and you hear a noise somewhere in your house, your amygdala is going to go, you're going to die, right? Freak out. And then your prefrontal cortex is going to step in and go, no, no, no. That's probably the cat, okay? And then your next thought from the prefrontal cortex is determining what to do with the cat, right? Something you should have decided a long time ago. Yeah, to keep the cat from scaring your amygdala half to death in the middle of the night. And other cat problems that cats cause, right? That's why God gave us the logical part of the brain, to work with the amygdala. Without the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala just responds according to programming. Drains in swimming pools are dangerous. Right? Now, many of you, because of your past, because of what you've experienced, your brain has been pre-programmed to kind of just be triggered by things, right? And lead you to an unhealthy path of worry, fear, anxiety. You see something, you experience something, and you're triggered to fear or unhealthy thinking. Well, let me tell you very clearly what the Bible does not say. Jesus did not come and say to you, let your hearts be troubled, okay? He didn't say that. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. The angels who came before the appearing of Christ did not say, glory to God in the highest, stress and anxiety on earth. <laughs> what did they say? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Paul didn't say, you know what? Be anxious about everything. Now, writing under house arrest, wanting to be anywhere else, Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. Don't freak out about that big test that's coming up. Don't be anxious about your job interview tomorrow. Don't be anxious about your future spouse, even though you don't have a single candidate anywhere in sight, okay? <laughs> Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, when you're financially burdened, when you're battling an addiction, when you're fighting a marital challenge, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. See, this goes beyond our human ability to understand. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, present your request to God, and this supernatural peace will guard your hearts. It'll guard your minds. Now, notice how we find, how we experience this heavenly peace from God. We experience it through the pathway of prayer, talking to God, talking to God. The problem is for many of us, honestly, prayer is a last resort, right? Have, have you ever heard anybody say something along these lines? Well, all we can do now, I guess, is pray, right? <laughs> can you imagine God in heaven going, oh, you're down to that? All you got is me? <laughs> well, you're screwed, dude. <clears throat> all you can do is pray? No, 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 no. Prayer is never a last resort. Prayer is a first line of offense. 
You can come before the king of kings, the God of the universe. Let me give you a couple of verses here. Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Isn't that awesome? James 4.2 says, you do not have, why? Because you do not ask God. You know, when you go before God, you have an audience before the king of the universe. I mean, if you're a Christian, he also happens to be your personal heavenly father. He hears you. Not only does he hear and respond, but prayer changes you. You know, I love to put it this way. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, prayer also changes the chemistry of your brain. Literally, praying to God helps you to renew your mind. Let me tell you a little more science behind the brain that our God created. It's really, really fascinating. Okay, a few decades ago, just a couple decades back, neurologists believed that after adolescence, your brain does not change. Okay, in other words, once you hit a certain age, your brain is just fixed, okay? It's just set there. There's no changing that's going to happen. We know today that that is absolutely not true. Our brain is constantly changing, constantly evolving. It's rewiring itself as we think thoughts, as we experience experiences. It's rewiring itself through a process known as neuroplasticity. It is not fixed. See, that's why we've been talking in a series about creating these neural pathways, that when you think a certain thought, it's easier to think that same thought over and over and over again, which is good news if you're thinking godly thoughts. It's not good news if you're triggered to swim away from drains and swimming pools, okay? Your brain is always changing. There's a fascinating branch of study. It's known as neurotheology or spiritual neuroscience. What is that? It is the study of the relationship between the brain and a belief in God, including what happens to the human brain through prayer. And what happens is, let me just give you the spoiler alert here. Prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, prayer changes the very physiology of your brain. It's fascinating. In fact, one author, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's done a lot of study on this. And in one of her books called Switch on Your Brain, Dr. Leaf says this, it's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it could be measured on a brain scan. Isn't that cool? Folks, prayer doesn't just touch the heart of God. Prayer changes us. Just as toxic negative thoughts can hurt the brain, pre-program us for unhealthy thinking and therefore unhealthy living, prayer, on the other hand, it heals the brain. It renews the mind, which is why Paul says in Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern, right, the thought processes, the ways of this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. God's word renews your mind. And praying to God literally transforms your mind. So, why do we worry then? I mean, why is it that we get so freaked out? Why do we stay awake in the middle of the night and we're anxious and we're so on edge? Well, it can be a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons, according to scientists, is in those moments we are experiencing what's called the amygdala hijack. Okay, this is when the amygdala just absolutely completely takes over and says, panic, survive, right? Save yourself, prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. It is bad and it's just gonna get worse. I mean, it's too late to pray, right? Forget everybody else, save yourself. The amygdala hijack. That's what someone who studies neuroscience might tell you. What the apostle Paul would tell you from a theological position is this. 
your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. Your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. You're thinking according to your old ways, not the new ways of the Spirit. What is worry? You can define worry this way. Write this down. Worry is not trusting the promises and power of God. Worry is when you make a conscious effort not to trust the promises and power of God. Worry is basically saying, God, I don't believe you're good enough. I don't believe you're big enough. I don't believe you're strong enough to cover this. I don't trust you with this. It's the amygdala hijack or letting your mind be dominated by sinful thinking. If Paul was speaking in psychological terms, he might say something like this. Instead of letting my old sin nature or the amygdala control my mind, I'm gonna let the logical part of my mind, the prefrontal cortex, choose to believe that what God says is true because what God says is always true. I'm gonna listen to the spirit of God. I'm gonna listen to the word of God. I'm gonna choose to believe God's truth. This is what Paul said in Romans 8, five to six. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the spirit Think about things that please the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's why we take every thought captive. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If there is a thought that is inconsistent with God and his word, take it captive. Because we will not be dominated by sinful thinking that's not pleasing to God, that takes us out of God's will and leads us into a dangerous place. Instead, we're going to choose to follow God's spirit, God's truth, which leads not to anxiety, not to stress, not to fear, not to panic. It leads to life and peace the Spirit of God controlling your mind. Okay, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you tell your prefrontal cortex to grab that amygdala by its tail, horns, whatever. You choose. And you give those burdens to God. Let me explain it to you this way. What do you do? You probably do what I often do. In life, you've got kind of a box of worries, right? You got your box of words, man, I got this going on. I got that coming up. Oh man, oh man, oh man. Okay, so you got your box of worries here. And, and every once in a while, maybe in a moment of faith, you take whatever's worrying you and, and you go, okay, you know what? God, I'm gonna give this to you. Lord, I give it to you. I, I trust you with this. Okay, we got that. But then here's what happens. We kind of go, well, God, if you're not going to do anything with these, I'm just going to kind of take it back, right? <laughs> Anybody want to know what I'm talking about here, right? I don't think I'm the only one. Why? Why in the middle of the night? God, I don't think you can handle this. I'll tell you why. It's because, you know what? Your God is too small and your worries are too big. People, it's time to get you a bigger God. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And some smaller worries, maybe? Yeah. In fact, some of you, I would literally encourage you to get yourself a box, okay? doesn't have to be as cool as this box. This is a really cool box. 
It could be just a shoe box, all right? And symbolically, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write God on that box. This is going to be your God box, right? And so every time in your life when you've got a burden, you've got a worry, you've got a concern, your mind is racing, I want you to write it down, right, on a little card, and then you're going you're gonna to kind of put that into your God box, okay? And I don't know what those worries may be. Maybe it's your, you're worried about your 17-year-old son. Maybe it's the bills that are keeping you awake at night. Maybe it's fear of the future. Maybe it's a relationship. Whatever it is, you, you just write it down on a little card. And then symbolically, you give it over to God. And you say, God, I'm going to trust you with this person. God, I'm going to trust you with this situation. And then, here we go. You ready? You let it go. And you just go on with your life. But let's say 2 a.m. in the middle of the night, you decide you want to worry again, okay? All right, here's what you got to do. You've got to get up, get out of that bed. You got to walk all the way over to your worry box, all right? You got to grab that, you know, your God box, rather. You can grab that box, and you're going to take that worry card out of there and symbolically say, God, I'm taking this back. I don't trust you with this, okay? That's what you've got to do. Try that. You know, what are we told to do? We're told to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. In fact, we're told to give it all to him. Our life should be hidden in Christ, the Bible says. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, that's just irresponsible, right? I mean, let's just live in denial. Don't do anything about your problems. Just give it all to God. See how that works out for you when the bills come due at the end of the month. Okay, I'm not talking about living in denial here. Let me give you my philosophy of how I try to work this out. This is what I try to do, okay? Every time there's something I can do, I'm gonna do what I can do. Okay, would you say that with me? I'm gonna do what I can do. In other words, if I've got a health issue going on, I'm gonna eat right. I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna go to good doctors. I'm gonna do what I can do. If I've got a big exam coming up, I'm gonna study and study and study. I'm not gonna play Fortnite or whatever your game of choice is, right? I'm going to keep on studying. If i got a financial burden, a financial issue, I'm going to make a budget. I'm going to get good advice. I'm going to spend less than I make. Novel idea. Try it. It's amazing how it works. See, I'm going to do what I can do. And then I'm going to give to God what I can't do. And ultimately, I'm going to trust God no matter what. I do what I can do. I give to God what I can't do. I can't heal that person. I can't change that person. I can't control everything. I do what I can do. I give to God what I can't do. And then I trust God no matter what. You know, here's what I want you to imagine. Those of you who battle with worry like I do, just imagine in your life having this deep, deep, deep sense of internal peace, a deep sense of heavenly joy, a peace of mind that just you can't even explain. It goes beyond explanation. Words can't explain it. This deep, deep trust in God. What I want you to know is that that is possible. And it's also a choice. It's a choice of where you let your mind lead you. If your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, do you like the direction your thoughts are taking you? You know, a while back, I looked at my thoughts and and I wasn't so pleased with the direction my thoughts were taking me. Man, life is hard. This is so difficult. I can't get it all done. No one understands. No one cares. You know, I can't keep this up. How long can I do this? No. I'm not going to let that take me away from God's will. Uh-uh. If you don't change the way you think, you'll never be able to change how you live. So what do you do? 
You identify those lies and you replace them with the truth that sets you free. And then remember from a couple weeks ago, you write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. You write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. I confess that Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I can be disciplined. Right? Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires inside of me. You just declare what's true about you. Confess the truth. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer. My faith is deeper. My body's stronger. My, my leadership is sharper. Right? I'm creative, innovative, driven. I've got the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I mean, my words and thoughts and imaginations are under the control of Christ. I can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Declare what's true about you. Renew your mind with that truth. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. And tell yourself, you're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. In fact, the Bible says the weapons you're fighting with in this battle, they're not the weapons of this world. They have divine, godly power to demolish strongholds. You can take every thought captive. Worry is not your master. Trust in God and his peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You're not a slave to that habit, whatever that is. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. The only power Satan has over you is the power of the lie. So replace it with truth. And listen, you can't control what happens to you in life, but you can control how you frame it, right? And you don't interpret God through your circumstances. You interpret your circumstances through the love and the goodness and the power and the sovereignty of God. And you bathe everything, people, everything in prayer. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, present your request to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. People, there will always be a battle going on up here. There will always be a battle in your mind. Let Jesus win the battle. Take those thoughts captive and let Jesus replace them with truth because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father, today that's my prayer, that you would set people free here, that you would renew our minds with your truth, I just want to encourage you this morning, my brothers, my sisters, give your burdens to God. Whatever it may be, if there's something that's heavy on your heart, there's a concern, there's a person, a relationship, maybe a medical issue, maybe a financial burden, whatever it is, if there's something weighing on you, get out your God box. Put it in there. Give it to God. You know, be wise. Do what you can do. Give what you can't do to God, and, and no matter what, trust, 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 trust him. Say, God, I cast this care, this burden on you. And Lord, I want to thank you that I'm confident that today there are going to be people who are set free by the truths of this series, by the power of your word. And God, we just want to give it all to you burdens, the challenges, the problems that go beyond our ability to figure out. We give it to you. We thank you, God, that you don't lie to us, that the promises of your word are always true. You are good. You are sovereign. 
You're an awesome God. And you promise a peace from heaven that goes beyond our ability to understand or even explain that will land on us. It'll settle on us. It'll change us. It'll guard our hearts. It'll guard our minds. That's what we want. And Lord, I pray that we would fall so in love with you that we would live every moment of our life in your presence, knowing you're there, talking to you, walking by faith, not by sight, praying continually, constantly aware of your presence, so much so, God, that you give us the mind of your son, Jesus, that you give us a heart to do your will, give us your word to direct our steps moment by moment, that everything we do would be pleasing to you. God, would you help us to know the truth so that that truth would set us free. It's in Jesus' name we pray.